Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, and reveal some conspiracy theories. Maybe even conclude with our own hypothesis. Maybe. Maybe. I'm Allie Siegel. (laughs) And I'm Melissa Stetton. And where the fuck is Maria? Where is she? Where is Maria? We know she's alive. Maybe I'm thinking like, what if she went to Alaska and then got is kidnapped by one of these serial killers? Or what if she is one of them? The world may never know. Or will we? Melissa, who are our patrons for today? We've got Sam and Sarah. Ooh, double S time. Uh, I just released a new Patreon episode. I'll put up the video today. So far, I just have the audio. Um, So get excited. New things to come. Melissa, what is our episode on today? Today is about a guy named Michael Rockefeller. Ah, the Rockefellers. Of the Rockefellers. Ooh, man. Well, in 1961, he disappeared off the coast of Dutch New Guinea during a boating accident. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, he must have drowned. But some people were like, "Mm, he was probably eaten by cannibals on the nearby island. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
I do. I honestly love cannibals. I don't know what it is, but I love cannibals. You love it. I love so what a happened, cannibal story. What happened to this rich kid? <laughs> Let's get Let's into get it. Let's get into it. Now, this is not really to do with the episode, but it kind of does. I always forget, Rockefeller's like, oy- oysters, Rockefeller. What is it? You're in Rockefeller Records. <laughs> the rich people of what is it like the 30s or like these original rich families of the U.S. Mm-hmm. It was like the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, J.P. Morgan. Yep. The Vanderbilts. Oh, the Vanderbilt. Anderson Cooper is a descendant of the Vanderbilt. His mom is Gloria Vanderbilt. Oh my god, I had no idea. Yeah. We should do one time like an episode on just these like rich family families the and how they found Yeah, the Illuminati, the original all Illuminati. Oil, oil and railroads and banks. Uh, oil tycoons. Um, Oils, railroads and banks. Yeah, you know. The, Pretty much it. Uh, all right, cool. Tell, tell us about it, him. Okay, well, I found this. I was on my favorite website, Reddit. Yes. And the subreddit popped up called Last Images. And mm. it's it's kind of a dark subreddit. It's all images of people before they die. Like their last Melissa. <laughs> but it's it came up as like I don't follow it. It just came up as like this was a popular image of the day. Yeah. And so I looked at the subreddit and it's a lot of like people just posting like family members like, oh, this is my dad before he died. This is it's a lot of it said, but a lot yeah, of it's like of it's famous nice. people like last photo of this person before oh they died. It's pretty crazy. So this popped up and it was a photo of Michael Rockefeller. It was like last image before he disappeared. And I was like, huh? I had never heard this before. So and I did a I did a quick goog and I found this article on allthat'sinteresting.com, great website by Gabe Paoletti. And then there's this other like extremely long article in the Smithsonian by this guy named Carl Hoffman that I read. And I'm like, this story is nuts. I've never heard it. Oh, my God. So in the early 1960s, Michael Rockefeller, 23-year-old, vanished somewhere off the coast of Papua New Guinea. And his disappearance was like shocking because he was one of the he was a grandson of john rockefeller so it was like the biggest manhunt at the time i can imagine it's like if paris hilton went missing in yes, papua new yes. guinea so years later the true fate of the heir to the standard oil fortune has been uncovered and it's more disturbing than anyone could have imagined oh jesus okay so michael Clark Michael Clark Rockefeller was born in 1938. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. He was the youngest son of New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller. So he was like born to this dynasty of millionaires, which was founded by his famous great grandfather John D. Rockefeller, one of the richest people Whoa. who ever lived, one of the first billionaires. So Michael's father wanted him to follow in his footsteps and help manage the family's business empire. No, Michael was a bit of a black sheep. He was like shy, quieter. He was way more artistic. He went to Harvard, graduated oh. in 1960. And he wanted to do something more than more exciting than run a bunch of boring ass companies. He's like, nah, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not into oil. Oil's that boring. ain't for me, bro. Yeah. So his father, who was like this amazing art collector, recently opened the Museum of Primitive Art, Ooh. and had all these exhibits with like Nigerian, Aztec, and Mayan works. 
And Michael was like obsessed with this art. He's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Very into primitive art, which is now called indigenous or like non-Western art. Whew. Or like, yeah, because like primitive is like yeah. a term of the old, the oldies. The olden days, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, well, I want to find my own sort of indigenous art, like an unfound tribe. Like he was really into like anthropology. That's cool. So he joined the the board of his father's museum. As one does. So then he's like, this is what I want to do. I want to like, I can work in the family business, but I want to work in like the art side of it. So this guy named Carl, who was a graduate student of anthropology at Harvard, worked with Michael. And he said that Michael said he wanted to do something that hadn't been done before and to bring a major collection to New York. So this was like his life's goal. He's like, this is what I want to do. I want to find a collection bring it to New York. Wow. So he had already traveled like around the world. He had lived in Japan and Venezuela, but he was like very adventurous and he wanted to like travel much more. He wanted to go on an anthropological expedition to a place you would ever see. I wanted to uh, major in anthropology. I took one anthropology class in college and was like, I want to major in this. Why didn't you? Listen, life took me a different direction, and now I have a podcast. <laughs> no, I was really into geology. I took really? one geology class, and I was like, this is the coolest shit ever, like all these different rocks. Yeah. But then I didn't I didn't take any more classes. I like that you were really into rocks. Yeah, I was like, I want to be a sociologist or an anthropologist. I think that's yeah. so cool, but, you know, life, life passes I, you by. <laughs> then I took some art history classes. I was like, this will do. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so he, so he, Michael spoke with representatives from the Dutch National Museum of Ethnology, mm. and he decided to make a trip to what was then known as Dutch New Guinea, which was this massive island off the coast of Australia, to collect the art of the Azmat people who resided there. So he was there and like was engaged with the culture. He was like recording all this ethnographic data. And he wrote a letter home that said, I am having, he probably started with, Dear Father, I'm having (laughs) a thoroughly exhausting but most exciting time here. The Azmat is like a huge puzzle with the variations in ceremony and art style forming the pieces. My trips are enabling me to comprehend, if only in a superficial, rudimentary manner, the nature of this puzzle. Ooh. He's into it. He's very into it. He loves it. So this is his first scouting expedition to Azmat. By the 1960s, the Dutch colonial authorities and missionaries had already been on the island for almost a decade. Interesting. But many Azmat people had never seen a white man. And it's and let me tell you, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> if you've like, ever seen one, so bright? it's terrifying. Yeah. It's so white. <laughs> so they were like, this culture, I think it's around for like 60,000 years or something, but they are very contained. There's, there's like 50,000 islands in this area with like a that speak a thousand different languages jesus christ people who have ne- ne- don't have contact with the outside world it's fascinating yeah so they were like what's a white man yeah what is this thing and they believed that any land that wasn't theirs like any outside land was inhabited by spirits because they didn't uh-huh. know anything that's yeah. just 
they had their own little tribe. Right. And so when my white people came from across the sea, they thought they were like these strange supernatural beings. Oh my God, it makes sense. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So Michael Rockefeller and his team of researchers and documentarians were these mysterious white beings to oh the people God. in this village called Oatsjanep, which okay. is home to one of the biggest Azmat communities on the island. Huh. And they weren't necessarily a welcoming group. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I can imagine you want to like defend your land. They have no diseases there. Uh-huh. Like, like they this have, is they're yeah. so like protected from everything. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And then white people come in and just ruin everything per usual. Well, do you remember in 2018, there was this guy who like took a boat to North Sentinel Island. He was this like evangelical Christian missionary guy. No. Who was like obsessed with trying to convert people oh, to God. Christianity. And he's like, I bet I can go to this little island of these people and convert them. But they they have wanted nothing to do with any sort of outside Of course. People. They haven't had contact with people for over like 60,000 years. Oh, my God. And so he, this guy, John, broke a bunch of laws, sailed his boat near the island. Fuck. And like the only photos of this tribe are like they have bow and arrows. Oh my god! And they're like threatening people, they're like get the fuck away from our island. Like anyone yeah. comes near, they're like stay the fuck away because they have no immunity to disease either. So god. if one person comes, brings fucking E. coli, anything, yeah, they die. They all fucking die. And like this tribe killed two fishermen in two thousand six because they're like stay away. There's a similar uh, island in Hawaii called oh. called Nihau. I might be mispronouncing oh, right. it. The Forbidden Island of Hawaii. That's right. And there's 170 to 250 residents and no no one is allowed to go That's there. Amazing. It's like a they're they're relatives of the Robinsons, like Swiss family Robinson, I oh, think. Oh wow. Yeah, um 70 square foot mile island. You can see it from Kauai. I remember I went on a like a hike thing in Kauai and you can look at it and there's like a plaque. Um, But it's off limits to outsiders. Only the Robinson family, their relatives, invited guests, government officials and the Navy. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. They really got it figured out. If you can like have your people living there for like 60,000 years and you're like doing fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I mean, we're good, bro. (laughs) Okay, so back to the the Azmats. So when Michael Rockefeller got to this first island that he went to, the locals in the village were like, okay, yeah, you can take photos, but they didn't want them to take any sort of cultural artifacts. Like these things called beezed poles. Which are called like intricate, intricately carved wooden pillars Interesting. that served like as part of the like, rituals and ri- religious rites. Uh-huh. So they're like, yeah, you can take pictures, but like we don't because Michael wanted to like get the art and bring it back and display it in the museum. And they're like, nah, brah. Yeah. What a fuck. Like our religious artifacts aren't for you to fucking. <laughs> yeah. People. No, Michael wasn't intimidated at all. He thought these asthma people were very fascinating. And they didn't live by any sort of Western norms. And he was very excited to bring like their world back to his to like talk about them. Jesus. 
which seems like that's such a privilege. Like you're the richest, part of the richest family in the world. You're like, I want to go to this crazy tribe with these weird people. Yeah. No, like they're not like, it's not a fucking like circus for you to be like, look at these people. Yeah. Like our, our culture is not your costume. Yes. (laughs) Um, so at the time war between villages was common. And Michael learned that the Azmit warriors often took the heads of their enemies and ate their flesh. Uh, you don't fuck, you don't fuck with them. <laughs> in certain regions, the Azmit men would engage in ritual homosexual sex, and in bonding rites, they would sometimes drink each other's urine. I mean, listen. The they weekend's the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> they would do that on the weekends. They were having fun down there. Yeah. So Michael wrote in his diary, he said, now this is wild and somehow more remote country than what I have ever seen before. So he was like fascinated by this culture. Of course, they're like right the, the complete opposite of what we are. So this initial scouting mission concluded. Michael Rockefeller was like super pumped. He wrote out his plans to create a detailed anthropological study of the Azmat and display a collection of their art in his father's museum. Ooh! So he's like, this is cool. I found this like tribe to display their art. Right. And then he wanted to go back to New Guinea a year later. And he went with Rene Wassing, who was a government anthropologist. He's like, I want to go back to this different place and find more art. But... They were in a, I think it was a motorized canoe, and they approached Oats Janep on November 19th, 1961, and then the, like a sudden squall disturbed the water, and all these cross currents were happening, and the boat capsized. Oh, shit. So they were like clinging to the side of the boat, and they were about 12 miles from shore. So you Fuck. can see the island, and Michael... Apparently told the anthropologist, I think I can make it. Like if he swam. Oh my God. White, white guy shit. Yeah. And so he, he swam and he was never seen again. Uh Oh, shortly after Renee was rescued. Like shortly after, if only had, if only Michael had stayed, he, they would have came and got him. And he's like, no, I think I can make a 12 mile. I'm I'm good, but I'm good. So they were like, okay, well, he either died or drowned or got eaten by sharks. Fuck. But he was like, you know, one of the richest kids in the world. They had this like huge search. They had ships, airplanes, helicopters. They were just searching for him for like a year. And Nelson Rockefeller and his wife flew to New Guinea to help search for their son. But they were never able to find his body. Oh, shit. And so the Dutch the Dutch interior minister stated, there is no longer any hope of finding Mo- Michael Rockefeller alive. That must have been such a huge deal at the time. Yeah, it was. It's like Paris Hilton going missing. Going missing in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rockefellers still thought there was a chance that Michael would appear at some point. Oh, God. But they left the island, and then eventually the Dutch called off the search, and then Michael's death was officially put down as drowning. Or was it? Or was it? <laughs> so this was like a huge media sensation. A bunch of rumors are spreading. God. Some people were like, he must have been eaten by sharks or saltwater crocodiles. 
Oh my God. What is this? Peter Pan thing. I know. (laughs) And then others claimed he was living somewhere in the jungle of New Guinea, like escaping his wealthy life, like being like rebelling, being like, fuck you guys. I live in the jungle now. Oh, interesting. Possible. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he didn't seem to like his life at home anyway. Yeah. But the Dutch denied all these rumors. They said they were unable to discover what had happened to him, and he just simply vanished without a trace. Oh, God. So that was back in 1961. And then, cut to 2014, Uh-oh. Carl, Carl Hoffman, who's a reporter for National Geographic, he wrote a book called Savage Harvest, a tale of cannibals, colonialism, and Michael Rockefeller's tragic quest for primitive art. Uh-oh. Many of the the Netherlands inquiries put into the matter, and they said that they had evidence that the asthmat killed Michael. Uh-oh, shit. Uh-oh. Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to some fun bonus episodes that we have coming up. Shout outs, merchandise discounts. Also, I'll be reading from some weird like witchy magazines and pamphlets that I've accrued over the years if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Also thinking I might do some reviews of horror movies and uh, docs that I watch. Oh, you're a big horror movie buff. Yeah, I think maybe like after I watch a doc or a horror movie, I'll just record a quick like, here's my synopsis of it. If you want to watch it, I'll try to do it spoiler free. But you you never know. You never know. Uh, You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Or if you're just a fan of what we do and want to uh, encourage women in the fine arts, please donate. Also, (laughs) please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Erios. Continue to call us. Continue to leave your voicemails. Walk through that fear if you haven't called yet and leave your very first voicemail for the web crawlers and then join the discord and then get a job and meet your best friends for life. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, back to our program. So two Dutch missionaries on the island, both of whom had lived among the Azmet for years and who could spoke, spoke their language, told the authorities that they had overheard from the Azmat that some of them had killed Michael Rockefeller. Oh, God. So a police officer was sent to investigate the crime the following year, and he was named Wim Van de Waal. Of course he was. What are these names? From, like, what? <laughs> it's it's a, so that's a very easy. Dutch name. Yeah, everyone in the 20s was named something like that. And so he came to the same conclusion. He even got a skull that the Azmet claimed belonged to Michael Rockefeller. Oh, no. But all of these reports were buried in classified files and no one further investigated. So the Rockefellers were told that there was nothing to the rumors that their son had been killed, that their son had been killed by natives. They're like, no, 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 this isn't... This is no, no, no. He oh, drowned. God. So why would they suppress the stories, though? Like, who cares? Yeah. Well, by 1962, the Dutch had already lost half of the island to the new state of Indonesia. Interesting. They feared that if it were believed that they could not control the native population, they would quickly be ousted. They were like, no, no, no. We have this population under control. They're not killing people. They're not doing any of this nonsense. Michael drowned. So they had a good reason to like not be like, oh, yeah, they killed him. They were like, no, 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 no. This is under control. No one's killing anyone. So Carl Hoffman decided to investigate these like 50-year-old claims. So he started, he traveled to Oatsjanep, and he posed as a journalist documenting their culture. He had an interpreter with him. And his interpreter overheard a man telling another member of the tribe not to discuss the American tourist who had died there. They're like, don't bring up the American tourist. Yeah. (laughs) And the interpreter asked who the man was. Like, who are you talking about? And they said it was Michael Rockefeller. Fuck. So this interpreter learned that it was common knowledge on the island that the Azmat people of Oatsjanep killed a white man and that it should not be mentioned for fear of retaliation. Like, it was a big secret on the island. Like, don't like, fucking hey, don't tell, tell anyone, anyone about the this. dude we killed. <laughs> and he also learned that the killing of Michael Rockefeller was a retaliation. Ooh. So, in 1957, three years before Michael got to the island, a massacre occurred between two Azmat tribes. Oh, fuck. It was the Oatsjanep and the Omadisep villages they killed dozens of each other's men so they had like a war oh jesus and the dutch colonial government who had like recently taken control of the island tried to put a stop to this war that was happening so the dutch 
went to disarm the Oatsjenep Oats, Oats tribe. You're doing great so far, just to say no. Oatsjenep, <laughs> and then, but a series of cultural misunderstandings resulted in the Dutch shooting at the Oatsjenep. So they went there to try to de-escalate things. Somehow they ended up shooting them. These people didn't have guns, by the way. Oh my God, of course, of course, it was a quote unquote misunderstanding. Like, uh-huh. no, no, sweetie. Yeah, they were probably like no defending their island. Yeah, like, Get the fuck away. And then the Dutch were like, "Okay, we'll just shoot you." Like, this is the first time these people had seen guns. God, that's so crazy. Like, and four of their leaders were shot and killed. That's so sad. So of course they were like, "What the fuck? You just come here and like kill us with these fucking machines that we've never seen before." God. So then it was this reason why the Oats Oats tribesmen saw Michael Rockefeller and were like, ah, white man, let's kill him in retaliation for what the Dutch did to our four men. Makes perfect sense. Yep. So according to the Dutch missionary who first heard the story, the tribesmen initially thought Michael was a crocodile. Because <laughs> he was doing the <laughs> just a crazy crocodile shit. <laughs> but when he got closer, they recognized him as a Tuan, which means a white man. White man. L- like the Dutch colonizers. Like, oh, it's another fucking Dutch man. Fuck. And unfortunately for Michael, the men he encountered were war leaders and the sons of those who were killed by the Dutch. That's that's who you see first. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Their Uh-oh. fathers were all killed. And then one of them reportedly said, People of Oatsjenep, you're always talking about headhunting Tuans. Well, here's your chance. Uh, Oh, God. So they were hesitant, mostly out of fear, but then they eventually speared and killed him. And they cut off his head and they opened his skull to eat his brain. No. And then they cooked and ate the rest of his flesh. Oh, oh no! His thigh bones were turned into daggers, and his tibias were made into points for fishing spears. I mean, useful. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> you got to use all the parts. Yeah, <laughs> very resourceful. The blood was drained, and the tribesmen drenched themselves in it while they performed ritual dances and sex acts. Oh my god. Wasn't that a scene from like True Blood? <laughs> yeah, like this is Where they yes. had, like, an orgy with like the blood. <laughs> yes, with that that was like that's when the show started to get wonky. That was like season yeah. 3 or 4 with that woman, that woman who was like a yes. demon or something came. That yeah. crazy woman yeah, who that, showed like, up. Yeah, like horse demon or something. Yes. Everyone was just like making out and having sex and just like pouring blood all over everyone. Yes. That's what this was like. Oh god. So in accordance with their their theology, the people of Oatsjenep believed they were restoring balance to the world. Okay. The tribe of the white man had killed four of them, and now they had taken retribution. So by eating the body of Michael Rockefeller, they could absorb the energy and power that had been taken from them. I mean, yeah. That's hard. That's hardcore. That, yeah. That, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. To them, it's like, okay, this is balance. Yes. But then they had to bury the secret of his death. Like, they don't want people knowing. Yeah. So it wasn't long before the village of Oatsjenep came to regret the decision. 
Oh, interesting. So the search that followed the murder of Michael Rockefeller was terrifying to the Azimut people, most of whom had never seen a plane or helicopter before. Oh, I didn't even think about that. People are probably like swarming to this place to try to figure out what happened. Yeah, the richest kid in the world. They're like, oh, fuck, who did we just Yeah, what, who did we kill? (laughs) So then following this event, the region was also plagued by a horrible cholera epidemic that some people saw as revenge for the murder. You mean cholera? Like they think someone, what did I say? Cholera. 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 (laughs) The classic cholera. 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 Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) How do you say it? I think it's cholera. Cholera. It's like how I can't say Bogota. 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 I I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, they got cholera (laughs) and they thought it was like revenge for the murder. Like someone maybe like poisoned their water or something. Oh, fuck. So these asthma people told the story to Carl Hoffman, but no one who took part in the death would come forward. They all were like, said it was a story they heard. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that this happened. I didn't have anything to do with it. I heard it may have happened. but fuck. So then one day when Carl Hoffman was uh, in the village, shortly before he returned to the U.S., he saw a man miming a killing as part of a story he was telling to another <laughs> man. He's like, He's like, stabbing. Oh, my God. I love that. And the tribesmen pretended to spear someone, shoot an arrow, and chop off a head. Like, like laughing like yeah that's That's so funny that's exactly we did that (laughs) and then hearing words related to murder carl hoffman began to film but then the story was already over like they stopped oh fuck you missed the best parts (laughs) but hoffman was however able to catch the ending of the story on film and i guess the person said don't you tell the story to any other man or any other village because this story is only for us. Don't speak. Don't speak and tell the story. I hope you remember it and you must keep this for us. I hope this is for you and you only. Don't talk to anyone forever, to other people or any other village. If people question you, don't answer. Don't talk to them because the story is only for you. If you tell it to them, you'll die. I'm afraid you will die. You'll be dead. Your people will be dead if you tell this story. You keep the story in your house to yourself, I hope, forever, forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Private much? Fucking tell anyone. (laughs) Um, So then there's some rumors that he's still alive. Really? Which I guess because he was born in 1939. So he would be like 70, 80. I mean, I guess it's possible. And, but in uh, the Daily Mail. <laughs> so oh, for, yeah, in the National Enquirer, they've seen him around town with Elvis and Tupac. Like, is this proof a lost Rockefeller heir joined a tribe of, of uh, naked cannibals? Picture shows white man with Papa man eaters eight years after mysterious disappearance. So there's a photo of a white man oh, with this well, tribe now I'm in listening. 1969. It's like a very blurry. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but okay, that also could be photoshopped. It could be photoshopped, but that's such a weird and specific Photoshop. Like, 
Imagine yeah. the editor of the Daily Mail being like, all right, we're going to divvy out articles today. Uh, can you Photoshop Michael Rockefeller <laughs> into a, a missing pop? This happened, you know, 50 years ago, but. <laughs> yeah. So that he could, he could still be alive. Maybe. I mean, I'm pretty sure they ate him. I'm sure they killed him and ate him. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll put this picture up but it looks like he's like <laughs> fighting and doing arrows yeah. with the tribe and he's in he's in um face paint like ceremonial face paint and stuff yeah. this reminds me of this eli roth movie i watched once which was which one um what was what it it's called the green roth? the green inferno Green New York college student Justine, a lawyer's daughter, meets a student activist when he goes on a hunger strike on behalf of underpaid janitors. Smith, Smitten, <laughs> okay. okay, it takes a turn though. Smitten, Justine agrees to help Alejandro undertake his next project to save the Amazon. She soon learns to regret her decision when their plane crashes in the Peruvian jungle and she and the rest of the group are taken captive by a tribe of hungry cannibals. Oh, yeah, kind of a similar a similar story where she's like a similar a famous oh, daughter yeah. of, a, of a guy. I wonder if it was maybe um I bet it was loosely based, yeah, inspired by. inspired off this, and they their plane crashes and uh, some. What has Eli Roth made a movie recently? I feel like he has not. I think he does like TV or, stuff. I, or I always maybe nothing good. No, he does like Eli Roth scary stories for like Hulu and oh. Shudder, I feel like. Oh. Like real stories of yeah, history of horror, a ghost ruined my life. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh he works with that Zach Baggins guy, it seems like. The Haunted oh. Museum show. It seems like he does that. Oh, weird. Oh, he made the Hostel love movies. Cabin Fever. I love the Hostel, Hostel movies. Yeah, Hostel all three of them. Great. I own. I own them. Ooh, on Ooh. Uh, DVD. <laughs> I own them on Blu-ray and VHS. <laughs> yeah, those are good movies. Wow, what a career! He also did a movie called Clown. I actually think I've seen that movie. Clown. Oddly enough, in 2014, I think because maybe I didn't watch it in 2014, but it's a guy he puts on a clown mask or something and then he can't remove it. Oh God. Yeah. And he slowly turns into this evil clown. That's cool. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> good for him. Well, anyway, you can see, um, um, some of these Azmet artifacts that Michael Rockefeller collected are actually at, uh, Metro Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. In Those the are Michael cursed. C. Rockefeller wing. Oh my god! I bet you those are so cursed. I feel like I've I've been there, but I don't remember seeing those. Probably because I just wasn't paying attention. But yeah, those are cursed cursed objects. Yeah, that's they should give those back. It seems like there's a there's a curse to this family. Like a lot of shit has happened to this family, right? Oh, really? To the Rockefellers? Fossil fuel, the ongoing curse of the Rockefellers, the curse of the Rockefeller family, how oh. Rockefeller dynasty has been plagued by tragedy and scandal. Oh, I don't really know much about the Rockefellers. Me either, but... Curse I just had a feeling that this probably wow. started a curse on the family, and oh, I was for right. Sure, this happened in the '60s. Oh yeah, an article: "The Curse of the Rockefeller Family" started with Michael Rockefeller. I knew it. Yeah, obviously. Oh shit! I knew it. I was like, "There's no way that this turned out good for the family." 
Bloodlow Massacre, a deadly attack against striking workers at a mine John owned that killed two women and 11 children. The, the dad died under mysterious circumstances, really? I guess. Car crashes. Like, it just seems weird. Weird deaths and disasters follow them after this incident. Richard Rockefeller died in a plane crash in 2014. A con artist and convicted murderer, Christian Gerhardt something, managed to wile his way into the heart of the art world and establishment by posing as Clark Rockefeller. His tangled web of lies fell apart when he kidnapped his daughter during a custody battle and was finally sentenced to prison for the murder of John Sois, the son of his former landlady. Whoa. The fake fake Rockefeller is currently serving a 27-year sentence. Dang. A lot of weird shit. A lot of weird shit with this family. Yeah. Well, if you guys know any curses of the Rockefeller family or other famous families. Is your family cursed? Is your family cursed? (laughs) Or if you know anything um, about cannibalism, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. I am Allie. Just stick on your own street you don't need a you don't need to colonize other places seagull my melissa saltwater crocodile stetton that's a good one all right bye guys bye Powered by ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.